Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't mean anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to, to stick up against. Was it for Zakawani? None of this is possible. It's Steve! It's Steve! <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! Welcome, what's up? It's Steve Zakawani here. This is Winging It with Zakawani. Another episode. Big game this weekend, of course. Sounders versus Timbers. Always one of the best ones. And as you know, I played on both sides of that rivalry. Um, a lot of insight. Friends on both teams will be previewing that one. Aside from being a big derby game, it's just a big game for the Sounders. It's an important one to really try and turn the season around and get some real momentum going. And of course, we'll have a guest this week. We have Eddie Johnson joining me. Um, he's in town for the Zach Wani French charity game, but we'll catch up with him, see what he's up to. You know there's going to be a lot of opinions and a lot said, um, the usual. And then we'll get to the big three things. Sounders versus Timbers. What makes this game so special is the fans, first of all, for me, was always just they get into it. They don't like each other. They really want to get one up on each other. I always just felt that is what makes great rivalries from Barca, Madrid to Arsenal, Tottenham, the Manchester derby, the Merseyside derby, Celtic Rangers. It begins in the stands and then that flows, that energy flows onto the pitch. You feel it, you, 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 you feed off it and then you try to get going because you want to get the bragging rights. Now, the game itself, Seattle's having a tough season. I thought the win against DC could have been the start of a momentum shift. And then the worst thing possible was going to New York to play the Red Bulls, a team who's phenomenal and formidable at home right after. And that kind of knocked the wind out of the sound of sails. Back home against Chicago this last weekend. And to be completely honest, Chicago had the better chances. They really did. Um, the Golden Boot winner from last year, Nikolic, he's going to want a couple of those back. Um, I thought Schweinsteiger, for the most part, bossed the game. He ran the game in a lot of ways. Um, Seattle had the chances and looked better than we've seen it at times this season, but still for a home game, I think Chicago had a bit too much, more than we'd have wanted them to. And in years past, we don't allow teams to come to CenturyLink and do that, but they did that. The Timbers are, I think, an 11-game unbeaten streak. I did watch the game versus Atlanta last weekend. They went to the most potent attacking group in the league for my money, and they played very well on the counter. Everything begins and ends with Diego Valeri. No secret. A number 10 is going to get you double-digit goals every single year is not a joke. He's a phenomenal player. I played with Valeri. Not only a fantastic person, but he, he's dedicated to his craft. He's very, very dedicated to his craft. He comes into training. He works hard. Um, he wants to get after it. A fantastic player. And everything that team does goes through him. He not only gives the assists, he gives the goals. And you have to watch him. And I don't want to say he's a guy who... Alonso, it's your job to stick with him because Valeri's too good for that. Valeri's going to drift out wide. He's going to try and take Alonso in, into different positions. And if you focus too much on him, you're letting Blanco be free. You're letting other guys be free. So you've got to be careful about that in a lot of ways. For the Sounders, what Seattle needs to do, that three, Ladero, Dempsey, Victor Rodriguez, have got to be on the ball all the time making things happen create space for the likes of Will Bruin to find his angles, find his positions, find himself in situations where he can be the open man. Clint's going to attract attention, as is Nico Lodero, as is Victor Rodriguez. But they need to get on the ball. They need to be active. They need to, to play the triangles, play their one-twos. 
one, two quick passes, and then Will Brin has to be alert that when those guys are doing that, I've got to be active. I've got to be moving. The attention might not be on me as strongly, and I can really get into positions to be successful and find gaps. It's a big game. It's an exciting one. I will be there this weekend. I have a sweet up at CenturyLink, going to have a lot of my friends up there with me. We're going to be going crazy, rooting for the Sounders, because this is one game I want to really watch and take in um, as a fan and just really, really enjoy it. And I'm getting excited just talking about it, but it's going to be a tough one. Make no mistake. It's a very good Timbers team, very different. No Caleb Porter, no Darlington Nagby. Those mainstays are gone. Fernando Ali's no longer the key guy there that he once was. Neither is Ridgewell in a lot of ways. And so... They've changed. We haven't really seen the style that Savarese has bought, but they're resilient. 11 games without losing, tough to do in MLS. But oh, what would a win do in this game for the Sounders? It could kickstart the season. And any day now, we're expecting maybe some signings to come in. You win, you get some signings, you beat your rivals, you go on the road soon, get a couple of decent results. Players are getting healthy. Season starts to turn around. More when we return on Winging It with Zakwani. I'll be joined by Eddie Johnson. We will talk about this game, about the US failure at the World Cup, what he's been up to now, and then some memories of our time in Seattle together. Winging It with Zakwani. We'll be right back. Colorado rapid season hangs on the next two and a half minutes. More have Seattle got in them. Eddie Johnson, brilliant skill, even better finish. That is the goal that sends the Sounders through to their fifth straight Western Conference semi finals. Welcome back. I'm right here on Winging It with Zakwani. I am joined by my good friend, former teammate, slash roommate on the road for a year. Um, a man who needs no introduction to Seattle, to U.S. soccer. Um, the one, the only, Eddie Johnson. Eddie, what's up, man? Steve, man, what's up, man? <laughs> I'm going to try and get through this without laughing and just talking. Because right. there's so many stories and stuff. But um, only one place I can begin. Okay. Um, last week, you were training the guy who I think is the best U.S. player I've seen talent-wise. Christian Pulisic. Um, tell us how that came about and what the training was like. Oh, gr- uh, it was great. Um, you know, obviously, I've been working with the younger generation uh, uh, back in Orlando since I've retired. Um, just kind of trying to f- get a feel for what it looks like to coach because uh, I want to get into coaching uh, later on in life. And it's like any it's like anything that you love to do, you yeah. know, when you're passionate about it. You know, you work tire- tirelessly, you know, uh, to, to, to better your craft and, and, and to be different and to be better than everyone. And, uh you know, it's just all the hard work that I was putting in with the younger kids and, you know, you know, people watching on Instagram because I post a lot of videos, yep. you know, how well the sessions are and how, how talented the kids are. And uh, he just, you know, a couple posts, comment on a couple posts, Eddie, love what you're doing with the younger generation down there. These kids have no idea how lucky they are. And then, uh, you know, you know, towards the end of the season, you know, when the U.S. didn't make the World Cup. Yeah. You know, a, a kid like him who, who's hungry and who's driven and, and, and wish he was there. I uh, was supposed to take a break uh, after the season and, uh, you know, reached out to me basically on Instagram and said, uh, hey, um, I'll be in the States. Are you going to be uh, available uh, in, in my offseason? I'd I love to come down to Orlando and get some, some work in with you for four to five days. And uh, we made it happen. How was he? 
<laughs> Even after a two-week break, man. Uh, <laughs> I was telling you earlier, I was nervous when I was training there, man. Yeah. Uh, the kid took 10 days off and just unbelievable. You know, so tidy in his ability to receive and turn and, you know, uh, create space and lay balls off and his movement with and without the ball in tight spaces, is, it's, it's unbelievable. And in, in the final third, yeah, this kid's yeah. ability to you know create a half yard and, yeah. and you know find a back yeah. post near post uh, is just yeah. you know his first touch is everything. Uh, first touch always sets him up for his next touch. You know the kid's just so relaxed, good composure, good in tight spaces, and uh, it was just a real, real, real joy and honor. When I think work. of some of the best creative U.S. players, I'm gonna go like Claudio Reyna, Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan. You're in that group, um, Clint Mathis, people like that. Where do you think? He is right now, but then he's like, what, 18, 19? Where can he eventually end up? The best American player that's ever, that, yeah. that, that I've ever, since I've started playing soccer yeah. uh, as a kid here in America uh, and being on the national team and, and having played with Claudia Reyna, having played with Landon Donovan, having played with Clint Dempsey, uh, where this kid at, right, where he's at right now with this experience, um, and, and, and how he sees the game and how he understands the game, uh, he, he's miles and miles ahead of, you know, everyone else. In the, when, when the, and if he can continue this, he's, yeah. he's going to be the truth. Wow. Be, there's, there's no reason why his buyout clause is $70 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I, I agree. I think he's really, really good. Um, the coaching, you're doing, doing down in Orlando. Obviously, I see you on Instagram. Um, where is it at now? Like, who are these kids you're coaching? Are you affiliated with anybody? Is it just your own thing? Like, how is it all working? Oh, it's uh, it's it's not even my own thing. It's just uh, um, you know, when when I first started, when I when I again when I first retired, uh, retired, uh, I was introduced to this family down in Orlando, uh, the Garzones, and the Garzones had these two uh, boys uh, that played youth soccer, and um, obviously I wanted to get in coaching, and then one of my buddies uh, that was a, a family friend of theirs introduced me to them, and he told me he said if you want to get into coaching. He goes, try training first. He goes, trust me, Eddie, because I know yeah. what your mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to like if a parent come up to you and say, hey, my <laughs> son should be playing. He goes, I know you. He goes, so you need to start working with kids and training them first before, yeah. before you think about getting to coaching because it's, it's, a, it's, a lot that just, it's a lot It's a lot to deal with, you know, dealing with parents, dealing with players, dealing with different, different players that, that need different uh, needs. Um, and so I started, I started training those kids and, uh, you know, it's, it was like, it was just like a, a, a domino effect. You know, I started training one kid, one kid goes back and tell the next kid, parent goes back and tell the next parent. And then, uh, just started creating a bit of buzz for myself in Orlando. Um, and, and then it, it got the attention of this, this facility, it's called Free Kick Center. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's owned by these, uh, Venezuelans, it's these two cousins and they have a best friend. Um, you know, I was, I was introduced to them and they loved what I was doing too as well. And then we worked something out where I can come there and help them with their youth development program and, uh, you know, just keep, uh, you know, catering to the ones that I've, that, that I've, uh, that I, that I had started working with. So it's more, more of me basically like giving back, you know, um, there's no, there's no, uh, Eddie Johnson Academy or anything. Right. It's basically me just giving back to the younger generation in Orlando. Well, we're standing right now, Starfire. Rewind five years. 2013 season, we had some very turbulent, volatile times that you were at the center of right. back then. Things that probably we can't say until we can put out in a book years down the line right. or a documentary. I never would have guessed Steve, that. Steve, you, you got to help me with that book. Man. <laughs> we got to get that book, man. <laughs> Too many stories. Yeah. I never would have guessed that that Eddie Johnson would have gone into coaching. Like, did you back then think you might one day want to be a coach or what? I would have guessed 
a rap career before that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I free sound sessions. <laughs> selling selling jewellery. I don't know. <laughs> Anything but culture. So back then, were you thinking of culture? Like, like where did that passion come from? Nah, Steve, you know on the pitch, man. I always try to be a coach on the pitch. <laughs> yeah. I always just try to tell it, hey, pass me the ball. Or, Did you see me here? I ran here. Uh, you know, next time you get the ball, get your head up a little early. I felt like I've been coaching my entire career. Yeah. Um, but funny story. Uh, um, when I retired in, in, in D.C., Dave Casper, the general yeah. manager at the time, yeah. when I was dealing with so much, uh, you know, uh, you know, grieve and, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, you know, um, you know, with the whole, you know, having soccer taken away from yep. me, he said, I know this probably is not the last thing you wanted to hear, but, you know, I think you make a great coach one day. And in my mind, I'm like, man, what is this guy talking about coaching? That's the last yeah. thing I want to think about. And I just think it's like anything, uh, you know, once you sit back and you as- assess yourself and, 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 and figure out what it is that you really want to do, you don't want to, you know, commit to something and don't see yourself doing it long term. And so I took all the good attributes about me and what I learned from the game and I wanted to try and you know channel it in, in, into something that uh you know um I can do and I can work on and it and it's all about it's all about me and it's my ideas and it's how I see the game yeah. and uh you know that's that's when I you know fell in love with training younger kids you know seeing how talented these kids are going out to certain club club practices and seeing how you know some of these kids are being misled and what I mean by misled meaning Coaches are still training kids and, and coaching kids and teaching them how the game looked 30 years ago right, when right. you got to be accepting to adapting to, you know, the modern day game. Right. And I feel like that's something where I have the advantage over any uh, trainers right now is because I'm still in that generation of modern day soccer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm, and, and, you know, and how I see the game and how you see, see the game, it's more flair, yeah, yeah. creativity, a lot of sauce, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so this is what the kids like, and I think this is what's lacking in our country. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, you look at our wingers, and you look at the rest of the world wingers. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you know, those guys are skinning guys on the, uh, out wide, coming in, playing combinations, getting on the end line, serving balls, you know. And so that's, that, yeah. you know, you know, you know my, my thing and why I love to do it is because the kid, the talent's there, but they're not having the environments. These coaches and these trainers aren't creating the right environment for these kids. You know, we have the players. And so I think that's something where I'm different than a lot of people. And that's why I'm having the success I'm having. Yeah. There's a big game this weekend. Seattle versus Portland. Um, we can talk about that, but you loved playing against Portland. Um, what about that game brought the best out of Eddie Johnson? I've always been criticized and not scoring in big games. Um, uh, they used to criticize me a lot on the national team for doing that. And, uh, it, you know, when I went to Europe, when I was having a little bit of adversity. And, uh, you know, when I first came to Seattle and, um, you know, I saw how amazing it was here, you know, how you know how packed the, the, the stadium is, yeah. you know, every weekend and how big the game is here and, and how big Portland, Seattle, how big of a rival that was. And having experiences of playing in past rivals and not doing really well, um, you know, it, 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 it motivated me more. It, 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 it drove me more to, to, you know, uh, you know, wanted to not prove to the doubters, but prove to myself that, Hey, I, I am capable of, uh, you know, stepping up when the team needs me in big moments. And, uh, you know, it's just wanting to build on the legacy that they had here in Seattle. You know, um, I still feel like this is the best organization in the MLS, you know, and, uh, you know, and the best, um, you know, um, you know, team in MLS for, you know, right now they're having a bit of adversity, but, uh, you know, I always wanted to, you know, you know, add on to uh, an, organiza- an, organiza- 
organization's legacy in a positive right. way. And uh, every time we played Portland, it just meant so much to Wayne, not only for myself, not only for the team, but for the fans in the city of Seattle. Yeah, those games stand out to me. But your whole two years in Seattle was incredible, especially the year. I think you had like 14 goals, 10 were headers yeah. from Morrow's, Rosales' crosses. Um, people tend to forget, especially with the World Cup on right now, that everyone talks about Landon not making the squad in 2014. But you also were cut at the very end. Yeah. And you scored goals to get Klinsman and the crew to um, Brazil. I'm glad you brought that up. I want to talk yeah. about that. Um, tell us again. I know the story. When you found out you weren't going to the World Cup. I remember you scored... What was the two goals against who? You scored a goal that was Rewind a Rewind before that. Where was it? Go, so before me. the hex, yeah. we had we had St. Vincent or St. Yeah, Kitts yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first time Jurgen had called me in, told me the day before I was playing on the wing. I'm like, holy crap, on the <laughs> wing? I'm not even a winger. I play up top. Told me, no, no, Eddie, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And this is what I love about Jurgen, and this is what I tell the kids now. In order to have success, you got to get on. You got to get out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And that's where you learn and you grow a lot and you learn a lot about yourself. And uh, he put me out there and just him having that confidence in me, it, it, it just generated onto the, on the, on the field. And, yeah. and, you know, we... We we lose or tie that game, we don't go to the hex. Mm. I scored two goals, we won 2-1. Yeah. So we, I got us not only to the hex, and then once we were in the hex, I scored scored here in Seattle when we played against Panama. Yeah. Um, I set up a goal in, in, in Kansas City for Dempsey when we, when we won. I think it was 2-1 or 2-1 yeah. Yeah, against uh, Honduras. Yeah. And then I scored the, the, the game-winning goal against Mexico to clinch our, our, wow. our spot into the, uh, the World Cup. So... Um, you know, I scored some important goals. Big goal, um, yeah. And um, I, I thought I put myself in a really good position. Did you think you were going? I had my ticket. <laughs> this is why you ask. <laughs> I had my ticket. My team, I'll never forget after that. My last game, we went out and we had a nice dinner and everyone was happy, you know, sending me off to the national <laughs> team, wishing me good luck. Get to the airport the next day and you're going to call me and say, we're taking you off the roster. And I was like, what? Is this guy joking with me? Oh, but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he took me off the roster, and he basically told me, he said, uh, he's like, Eddie, I know it's not what you want to hear, but, uh, you know, I feel like right now where the team is, uh, we don't think you're, you know, we don't think you're the best fit for right, what the team is right now. And I'll rewind back before that again. Remember we had the friendly in Phoenix against yeah. Mexico? Yeah. I was on the bench. Yeah. Wondolowski scored in that game. I think he scored in that game, mm-hmm. right? It was 1-1. I knew I was going to get in the game because I was always, the, if I didn't start, I was the first off the bench. If Josie was there, I was the first off the bench, right? And when Josie wasn't there, he started trying mm-hmm. to put Wondolowski. You know how the media start pushing certain players and stuff. Mm-hmm. He put Wondolowski. And then I said, you know, he scored. I said, I'm scoring when I get in. Like, there wasn't anything that was going to stop me from going to this World Cup. I didn't care because he scored. Mm-hmm. When I got on, I go back and look at that goal every single time. Yeah. I scored 17 international games. I tell him I scored 18, even if the, yeah. that was a goal. I was on sides. Yeah. Clint slipped me through. Yeah. I took a touch, and I curled it, and I whipped it to the back post against Mexico, and they called me off sides. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just felt like, you know, as, as, as bad as it felt, yeah. uh, how tough of a pill it was to swallow, I feel like I was still there because I, I, I realized – I really, I really made a really, really good contribution into yeah. and to getting that team there. Right. So it was like I was there, but I wasn't there. And till this day, I still have a great relationship with Jurgen. When he you know, called you, did you did you say anything, or did you just at the say, time? At the time, it? at the time, I couldn't say anything. I accepted it. It's like anything that comes in life. You know, I I realize you can do all the right things in this world, and things still may not go your way. You know, right. because you know, at the end of the day, it's left in the hands of a decision of the coach. 
Um, but what I do respect the most out of Jurgen and, and out of all the other national team coaches that I, that I work with, um, when we talk about soccer, knowing the game, been there, played there at the highest level, coached some of the biggest teams in the world, yeah. to other people he might not be a, the best coach but was a great player. But for me, he taught me so much about the game. He taught me so much about myself that I never knew exists, mm. you know, and just put me out on the wing where previous coaches, Bruce, Bob, they would have never put me out there. Yeah, yeah. It was, we're not going to bring Eddie in. He's not in form. So why bring him in as a striker? You know, they, they just only limit to me the one position where he gave me uh, several positions to play yeah. and, and gave myself a chance. And, uh, you know, he, he opened my eyes into the game and how it looked in a different way and stuff. And, uh, we still have a great relationship. You know, there's, yeah. no, there's no love lost in that relationship. I still have the highly, highly most respect for him. Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, Joel Zialtador, Brian McBride. When I think of some of these great U.S. strikers, where, Edson Bard, whoever, where do you put yourself? Not to say who you're better than, but are you in the elite, that top group, the lower group? Because like, I, know, I know where I would put you because I played with you and I've seen every day in training, but where would you put yourself? When you say striker, striker, striker. Yeah. The, th- the thing that's different for me than them is, obviously, I was the most pace- paciest striker. Yeah. Maybe you can argue with landing. Landing, yeah, landing was, was landing fast. Landing was quick, yeah. But I think I was more of, a, uh, I was more of a, an explosive, powerful runner. Uh, but I can also, my hold-up play was really good. Yeah. And my ability to, to move off the ball, create space, get balls in behind. Uh, drift and take guys one on one on one um, in, in my physical presence. Um, I just feel like all of our styles are different. But if you ask me, and, and to be completely honest, when I go back and I look at my career and I compare uh, myself to Josie Altador, maybe Edson Buttle, because we're all more mm-hmm. similar. Um, Josie doesn't like playing with his back to goal. Mm-hmm. That's why he drifts a lot and he gets the ball and he likes to combine a lot. And his running, his his his, his running, his, his his timing of his runs and in, in, in back of the the, the center backs are very good. Mm-hmm. But when it but when it comes to, because a lot of people don't know, I looked up the Edson Buttle. Mm-hmm. He was he was the first Eddie. Then I was the second Eddie. And then Josie and looked you, up and to you me. Guys look the same as and well. then jo- <laughs> I was you that. And then Josie looked up to me. Yeah. Josie, uh, funny story, true story. Josie called me and told me I was his favorite player when he was a young player. When I was a pro, when he wasn't a pro. So I just think, I think, I don't know. It's a, it's tough to say, man. Yeah. It, it, it's tough to say because you know they're all my friends, yeah. um, you know. Uh, but I just feel like if this Josie took from what I took from Edson, and Josie took some. Josie yeah. took from me, and he kind of put me and Edson all in one, and then he created his own identity of himself, yeah. um, and he and he's succeeding from it, but. But pound for pound, individual player. When it comes to being a competitor, I'm gonna say I'm the best. Right. I'm gonna say I'm better. I'm gonna say I'm uh, right. I'm, I'm the best because right. I can do things that they couldn't do. Yeah. 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 You're right there for me. I mean, I played with Adi, um, Clint, Oba, you a lot of great strikers. I would say I wouldn't say Clint's a striker. Clint's more of a. Yeah, Clint can score, man. He can score, but like <laughs> when you say just striker, striker, I, I know striker. What you mean yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. The only guy who I don't count is Oba because that's a different yeah. breed. Yeah. He's in yeah. his own world. But in that, for me, my favorite to play with was you because yeah. Oba was kind of like, he just, you didn't need anyone. Like right. giving the ball and then you never yeah. see it again because yeah. you beat seven players. Yeah. And with you, though, because I knew if I get the ball wide, yeah. getting Eddie will make his run, whatever. Right. I think as a striker, you had everything in that sense. Right. Um, wrapping up, where were you and what did you think when the U.S. didn't beat Trinidad and missed the World Cup? 
Where was I? I was in Orlando, man. Because yeah. they had just played in Orlando and they killed, I think it was Panama. Yeah. They played Panama? Yeah. Was it? And, it, and Christian. Beat him. They yeah, they beat him. Like, yeah, yeah, this kid, that's when I first, I think <laughs> yeah. I saw him in person. And I was like, this kid is un- unreal. Yeah. Didn't even realize how fast he was, yeah. man. And uh, I was there. Got a chance to see some of the guys at the hotel. Uh, um, thought for sure they were, they were, they were, they would humiliate uh, Trinidad yeah. down in Trinidad because it was a, a meaningless game for Trinidad. Yeah. Um, but but I was in Orlando. I uh, couldn't believe it. Um, you know, you know, having played with all of those guys, apart from Pulisic, but a lot of those familiar faces, mm-hmm. uh, there was no doubt in my mind that that I was confident in the group that whatever players he put on the pitch, that we were going to go down there and get a result. Um, but that just shows that you know people that 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 have that that get complacent that are that are too comfortable. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of part of that is 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 the environment. And and, and when I say environment, it, it starts with the coach. You know, preparations, everything. That's what I always tell kids. Um, there's a lot of things that I didn't agree with, with with Bob Bradley, but there's a lot of things that I that I that I do agree with. He was so freaking detailed, and I used to didn't like it, but mm-hmm. I took those coaching points from him, and I now instill it into my younger kids. And it's pre- preparation, everything. You know, you can look at a kid and tell when their body language is good, and 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 if they're up for the session, how good they're going to be, or how good she's going to be with you know how they step on the field and and, and the warm up when they're touching the ball, yeah. if it's ball work. Um, and I just think uh, we weren't prepared. And, and, and part of preparing the team, your captain, and your captain is your coach. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. just think, uh, you know, we weren't prepared. And you know what? We, we got exactly what we deserve, you know. Clint Dempsey, someone you know well, played with at Fulham and the national team. Obviously, we don't know if it's this year, next year, the year after, but nearing the end of his career. Um, what do you think his legacy is going to be? How, how is he going to be remembered by fans? Because I think Landon's, for the most part, maybe not as a person to most people, but as a player, people acknowledge that this guy was very special. Um, what do you think Clint? Because Clint kind of, it's a tough one. People are split in some ways, but you can't argue with his stats. And he's done it at the highest level as well. What do you think? Like you said, Clint, Clint's story, Clint's success, is, it's a part of his background. You know, he's always had to prove himself, and that was when he was yeah. young. Even when we were on the youth national team, Clint was always one of the best players, but certain coaches didn't like his style because he was, you know, he liked to be on the ball a lot. He liked to beat a lot of guys, you know, yeah. and, and that's not the U.S. That's not, yeah. those aren't the players that the U.S. are, are targeting, and those aren't uh, the type of players that they're trying to develop. And, you know, so from a technicality standpoint, Clint was as technical as they come when we were young. He was all... He was all about creativity, right. you know, South American style soccer. Um, and you know what? He never changed. And that's what I love about him. He never changed his style for anyone. He stayed, He believed in himself and, and, and he kept faith in himself and he kept playing. And, and then he finally got a shot. And when he got a shot, he took off and he never looked back then. Mm-hmm. But but getting to know him and being like a, a brother of his and, and having to play with Landon, you know, I shared I shared the field for 10 years with both of them. Um, there was that one point where Landon was the man, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then Clint can tell you, too, there's, it's a true story. What I saw when I was at Fulham, won, won, he won me over mm-hmm. as far as at, at right now, if you say who's the best player ever in America right now, it's Clint Dempsey for me because mm-hmm. of the things he did in the, in the hardest, in the hardest, toughest league yeah. at a small club, scoring goals against big clubs, 
uh, and then go in and make a transfer to a big club because you know what? He wanted to get out of his comfort zone. Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, why did he didn't stay at Fulham? Yeah. No, he should have went to Tottenham, yeah. Yeah. you know, because he had already did everything. He played in the Europa Finals against Athletic Atletico Madrid against uh, Aguero mm-hmm. when the Fulham, we lost yeah. 1-0. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. there. I was on loan at the time, yeah. but I was still a part of the club. Uh, he, he's, he's the all-time leading goal scorer uh, at, 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 at Fulham in, in Fulham football yeah. history. Yeah. You know, and he scored over 50 goals in the English Premier League. That's a lot of freaking goals yeah. for any player, yeah. n- not just yeah. him being American. Yeah. And I think what Clint did is he won a lot of the, the, the European people over, mm-hmm. and Landon didn't. Yeah. And then and then. That is the great answer. That is a different. We can go all day. <laughs> so for me, the best player ever in America right now, Clint Dempsey. That's my man. But pound for pound striker. We talk about pound for pound. Eddie Johnson is the best striker that has ever come from the U.S. men's soccer, soccer national team. I, I was waiting for when the third person was going to come out. <laughs> my favorite Eddie Johnson story. We were playing L.A. Um, last game of regular season, one of the years. I can't remember. And we were roommates. And we land in LAX we take the, the team bus to the hotel we get to Torrance California we get into our room and there is a TV crew in the room setting up an interview for Eddie Johnson you remember that when? the football R people oh they had, they had my god had how ghetto is that bro <laughs> I have never in my life oh, gone to a man. hotel did, that, did, did they even exist anymore man <laughs> and there was a yeah. whole interview set up for yeah. I couldn't take my pregame yeah. now. I couldn't relax <laughs> I had to sit in the bathroom. Man, <laughs> man, 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 those were the days, One man. of the best. I'll do anything. Best, best, best outside winger I ever played with in my career, Steve Zakawani. Man, I'm a, can I keep talking for a little bit? Go. Man, I'll never forget, uh, you know, talking about, you know, overcoming adversity. I've seen mm. this guy limping into trainings, ice bath after ice yeah. bath. Doctor after doctor telling him he wasn't going to do this. He wasn't, get, he wasn't going to get back to do this. And, you know, just seeing him, you know, put in all the work and, and keep his faith in God and, and, and improving, you know, to himself that he was going to get back on the pitch. I'll never forget when we used to play 6v6 and, and Ziggy would bring the small goals in. And every time you got the ball and ran at DeAndre Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no DeAndre, way, DeAndre, welcome to the MLS, man, welcome to the MLS. He used to abuse DeAndre Yellen every single time, and he would tell him where he's going to go, he's going to go there. Yeah, every but time. man, I would have loved to have played a little like, longer with him, man. But, but DeAndre, we, I'm going left, and yeah. that's it, I'm going and, left. And still go left. <laughs> still go left. No, but speaking, yeah. he, we had him actually on the podcast now, yeah. though. He, he's, but shout out to my yeah, boy, yeah, DeAndre, man, I'm so happy yeah, for him. He's done well, uh, He's He's... The success he's having, yeah. it's 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 yeah. it's it 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 doesn't come with any shock or no. su- surprise. The kid is uh, he's hungry, he's yeah. he's coachable, he's a good yeah. student. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember his first year. I told him, man, I said, hey, yeah. you know, I've been in the World Cup before. I know yeah. how things happen. Funny things happen at the end. Yeah. Injuries happen. Players get in a run, bad run of form, and you're doing yeah. really well right now. And Ziggy have a great relationship with Jurgen. Don't yeah. like don't don't count yourself mm. out of out of out of this World Cup. Yeah. You know and. Uh, you know, he got his chance and he, and he took it. And he's never and, looked back. And, and, he, and he's, he's never yeah. looked back. He's and I've watched him. He, he belongs in the EPL at Newcastle. He's done great. Um, he'll be with us in a couple of days. At, um, the Sounders Timbers game will be there. Nice. And then obviously the Chattery game as well. But there you have it. That's Eddie Johnson. Always one of the best interviews we do. Um, and you can see us both this weekend at the Zakawani and French Chattery game. Get your tickets. And he's trying to go for his third MVP, I think.
Yeah, hey, um, man. Hey, <laughs> got my Pogba boots ready. Ever since I retired, man, I'm a six. I'm not a striker. No. I don't want him running. I don't want to run in behind. I don't want to drift out wide. Give me ball. Let me play my little one twos and my combinations. Oh, See, as you get older, you you get smart. to all you young yeah. pl- viewers out there that are watching this podcast. Yeah. When players get older, they don't get lazy yeah. because they see the game differently. Yep, a I lot agree. of their movements can be still mm-hmm. where they can see things without running and, and not moving. Yeah. Because sometimes being still is effective. Yeah. Sometimes people run with no purpose. Mm-hmm. But as you get older, the game slows down because of your experience. And yeah. sometimes just being still and just positioning your body in a good position to receive the ball and affect the game is just yeah. as effective as running and trying to get the ball. So true. Spoken <laughs> like a true coach. <laughs> Winging it with Zach Wadden. <laughs> Here is that set piece. And this time, Eddie Johnson gets there and scores for the USA. Who move? One giant step. First half, it was Omar Gonzalez. In the second half, it's Clarence Goodson, no low, Eddie Johnson, Omar Gonzalez to get into that area. I love this. That is a fantastic header. Welcome back. Winging it with Zakwani. Thanks again to Eddie Johnson for joining me there. Let's get to it. The big three things on my mind for this week. There's so much. But number one, the World Cup, of course. How could it not be? My quick thoughts on what we've seen so far. Very, very disappointed with the big teams. Argentina, um, Brazil, France, Germany. They haven't shown up. They haven't dominated. They haven't stepped up in the way you'd think they would or should. We haven't seen that. Obviously, Messi stepped up big time in a game versus Nigeria. Like great players do. When you're in the conversation for greatest of all time, two bad slash average games doesn't wipe that. You're going to do things. Um, the second touch on his goal, one of the greatest touches I've seen, the degree of difficulty to control that with your thigh. Don't break a step. Don't even hit the ground. Caress it to yourself in stride and finish it. Phenomenal. But as a whole, they've not played well. France looks shaky. Not what I thought. Germany already home. Spain... Iffy, not great, not dominant like I would have thought. So that's been disappointing. With that said, it means the underdogs are doing great. And I support the underdogs. So they've done great. I've enjoyed watching some of those teams that you wouldn't expect to get results. Sweden, how fun have they been? I mean, watching South Korea beat Germany, that stuff's great for me. So it's been an up and down World Cup. I do expect, as you get into the knockout rounds, the bigger teams to start flexing their muscles. Neymar is going to come alive. Obviously, Cristiano's doing his thing. Messi versus um, Argentina is playing France. Tough one. But I can see Messi stepping up. As we go, I do expect to see that. My pick now, Belgium's looking pretty good. They've got the players. Lukaku's on form. Kevin De Bruyne, one of my favorite guys to watch. They're looking like a pretty good pick at this point. That's the World Cup. Number two. Transfers in MLS, mainly Wayne Rooney, good move or bad move. To DC, man, to be completely honest with you, I'm skeptical. I don't know that he is the player for a DC United team that is really struggling. 
Acosta is a great player. He might get him some service that he needs. But still, I'm very sceptical that Wayne Rooney at this stage of his career will be effective. Love Wayne Rooney. Watched him since he was 16 in England. We used to go to his games back then at Everton. Then watched him go to Man U. Watched him break up England in Euro 2004. Fantastic, fantastic footballer in his prime. I believe he's Man U's leading scorer of all time, which is a ridiculous accomplishment. But with all of that still said, I don't know that it's going to be effective. I get it. It's a good move for MLS in general. You're attracting these kind of big players. But I'm going to sit on the fence with that one because I really don't know how it's going to shake out. And of course, we want to see the sound assign some key guys. You know my desire is to see a number nine and a winger come to Seattle and make a difference. And hopefully that gets delivered and helps this team turn around. Last but not least, number three. I've mentioned him already. Lionel Messi. I was shocked. No, I wasn't shocked. I can't believe that I was shocked that Twitter buried Lionel Messi after two average games. Never mind 600 career goals. Never mind Barcelona's all-time leading goal score. Never mind the Champions Leagues. Never mind the highlights and highlights, endless highlights upon highlights of what he's done. Never mind that two average games and he no longer was what he once was. He was past it. He's not a big game player. He froze. He choked. All of that. And I'm glad he reminded us of his greatness in the game against Nigeria. And I bring that up because I've sensed the same for the Sounders. This team's been buried. This team is struggling. This team might not make the playoffs. I wouldn't be so quick. It's MLS. You can put a run together. You can do what Messi did and step up in the big moments. There's still Clint Dempsey. There's still Nico Lodero. There's still Victor Rodriguez. They can turn it around. I'm telling you. Get a run going. MLS teams ahead of Seattle are going to lose at some point. No team stays unbeaten forever. It's going to even up. It's going to shake out. It's easier said than done. But if Seattle gets on a run, all you got to do is come six in your conference. It's not about winning first place. That's the good thing of MLS, at least. Come six, you're in the playoffs. Then in a four to six week tournament, anybody has a chance. And Schmetz has already shown that he can coach in a six week format and get this team to the final. Probably won't host it, but they didn't stop Seattle winning in 2016. Seattle versus Timbers, big one. That's what we're looking forward to this weekend. We'll be back next week to recap it. Hopefully three points and a great win. Make sure you get out to the Zakwani and French charity game uh, all over Instagram and Twitter, my page, Sounders page, to get tickets um, all for a great cause. A lot of your former favorites will be in town for that. I'm Steve Zakwani. Thanks, as always, for listening. This is Winging It with Zakwani. We'll be back next week.